Into the 4 o'clock hour we go. See, I almost got confused. Well, you are an hour ahead now, I should have so. just trusted... I am. I should have just trusted the clock on the on uh, our Zoom, which is the clock behind Scraby, and I'd have been fine. Four one on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr. Crisello, Matt Scraby. I could use what was it? A dogwood? Dagwood. <laughs> dagwood. I yeah. could use a dagwood right now. Yeah. That 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 sounds I described sound pretty good. I must say. Yeah. No kidding. It it was amazing. And it was homemade. That's why we were so surprised. <laughs> is that Tony made one of the best sandwiches Chris and I have ever seen. It's a beautiful thing. You know, when you thing. put your mind to something, and you know, they, they, they say they say when you put your mind to something, you can you can come out, you know, with a Dagwood like you can that, probably you know Uber Eats a Dagwood. Just just type in Dagwood, they'll they'll find the local <laughs> sandwich Dagwood. that's the largest. For the you. local Dagwood supplier. Yeah, the local Dagwood supplier there in Phoenix, or Peoria. Uh, got a Chris versus the fans. Chris versus the fans coming your way. Uh, you have a chance to enter. Uh, to win a two-night stay at Westgate Las Vegas, including a spa treatment at Serenity Spa, dinner at Edge Steakhouse. That's also for two. Uh, the Westgate Las Vegas Resort and Casino features newly designed premier rooms, part of their $70 million room renovations, uh, home of legendary Vegas fun. How uh, has Chris and the, Chris versus the fan been going? Have players the have questions been really lasted, Scrape? Yeah, the players have been really good players this week. Players have been really good, huh? Last two days, players have been well, good. Uh, we did have the uh, one guy on, uh, Colin, who uh, blew everybody away with his Jason Veritek answer last oh, week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he came up <laughs> yes, short this did. time. He came up short this time. He yeah. Oh, defeated. he called back. Yeah, yes, he, he came tried back. To, tried to qualify again. He did not qualify a second time, but we still gave him props for his uh, mad answer from last week. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So we've had uh, a good couple one of, of days. One of, the cool th- one of the cool things I saw today in baseball, it really had to do nothing to do with the Padres. There is a kid that is ambidextrous. Oh, yeah. Throwing 97 from the right side, 92 from the left side. It was the craziest thing. What, what the franchise had, like, has this guy? Milwaukee? He might he might be in school still, oh, like college. Might not be with a team. It's only a matter of time he before somebody be comes at you like that. Yeah, that's that sucks. I must say. Hmm. You mean you just flip it, flip it to one side? Now I believe the rule is you got to declare what sides you're pitching from. But um, you know, I guess this is uh, this is the evolution of the athlete, right? Otani first. Now we're going to have uh, – because it used to – guys, it's not like the ambidextrous thing is the first time we've seen it, um, but guys weren't in the 90 range. It was like 89, 82. It's a big difference when we're talking 97, 92. So I'm sure uh, this young man will have an opportunity to play at the next level should he stay healthy. All right, let's get to uh, some Chris versus the fan. If you had one shot, one opportunity to take down the human almanac himself, howdy do. Now is your time. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. Now is your opportunity to win a prize. Well, I hope you know Jen for. Chris versus the fans starts now on 97.3 The Fan. Well, you have to make it through. Here are the rules. You have to make it through three questions. Each question will get more difficult. If you get the question right, you move on. If you get it wrong and Chris gets it right, you're eliminated. But if Chris gets it wrong, you move on to the next question or you win. And if you are a first-time player, tell us. Before we get into the first question, you'll get it for free. Word up. Let's get to our first contestant, Alex. Happy Thursday to you. Welcome to winning, Chris. 
Hey, what's up, guys? Hi, Alex. Nothing much, Alex. Let's get rolling here. Here's the first question. How many outs are in a full inning? Uh, three. A full inning, six. I <laughs> ah, he saved himself. <laughs> he got him, so he got him in there. He did, time. he did. That's a trick question. Oh, yeah. You're, Scravy, you're, uh, you're who can be, yeah, Scravy, who can be quick triggered with the buzzard, yeah, was a little, a little slow there right there. there. Yeah. I, I kind of yeah. felt that was going to happen. Surprised you didn't just buzz right. immediately the way you like to get people off the show. Remember, we're trying to be nice, Chris. Trying, but it doesn't mean you're going to be. <laughs> question, question number two. Scrape doing his homework here. What team did Tony Gwynn get his first major league hit against in 1982? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, the Diamondbacks. I, I don't know that one. Too bad. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's too bad. Diamondbacks didn't exist in 1982, so you didn't give yourself much of a chance, uh, Alex. Uh, it was the Phillies. How do you? How do you even know that? Because it was. I remember Sorry, it like it was yesterday. It was one of the most famous hits in Padre history, and Sid Manji mm -hmm. delivered the pitch. Tony got the hit, and he pulled into second base. And as legend has it, maybe Tony, you can confirm yep. this. Pete Rose was trailing the play, and uh, Pete Rose came up to your dad and said, "Hey, kid, don't try to catch me all in one day." Facts. Facts. That did happen. Yeah. You can, uh, there's an interview that floats around of my dad. It might have been like the very next day getting interviewed about his first hit. And who was this Tony Gwynn wasn't as polished with the media. Not yet. Um, no. But he, he he told the story of Pete Rose running up to his Hey, kid, don't let kind of catch me on in one day. And his, you know, kind of fake it's a great line by Pete he Rose. Had. Pete Rose, Pete yeah. Rose really was an unbelievably great player. For all of the goofiness that is associated with him now, uh, he was he was a tremendous player and had a tremendous attitude about the game of baseball. But uh, yeah, he'll never be remembered for that, unfortunately. Nope, he will not. All right, let's go to our next contestant, Brian. Welcome to the show, Brian. Happy Thursday to you. What's up, guys? Ready for you this time? Let's What's go. All right, here we go. Let's do it. First question. West Coast Spring Training is called the Cactus League. What is the East Coast Spring Training called? Grapefruit League. Very good. By the way, uh, Adam nice told work. me Mississippi State may be where that pitcher is at. I think it was. They had He had those colors on, so. Mm. Question number two. Chris Paul has played for five NBA teams. Give me three of the five. Let's see. Sun. Rocket. Okay. Uh, and. Wait, what did you say? I heard you. Lost him there for a minute. I don't know what's going on. Are you talking into your phone? I don't know where he went. Ryan, you still there? No, he's, he's still there. Brian. Hmm. 
You were halfway Brian, there, we lost Brian. you, man. You and need one you. more. I for some oh, reason man. all of a sudden his phone's really low. I can't hear you, Brian. You gotta maybe take it. Oh, there it is. There it is. What's the Charlotte? Final? Charlotte. He Charlotte. said Charlotte. <clears throat> Unfortunately, no. Too bad. Oh. He named the uh, the Rockets and the Suns. He did. He did. Uh, the only other one I know is the Clippers. So I'm pretty sure he played with the Clippers. I'm sorry, Brian. Sorry about that, Brian. If you yeah. didn't See, say this is Charlotte. where you. This is where you. Yeah, this is where you want to go mascot, not city. Yeah. Because yes, it was the Charlotte Hornets, but it became the New Orleans Hornets, oh, who Chris Paul played for. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I like their little <laughs> beehive logo on the middle of the. Uh, they floor. were the Charlotte Bobcats around that time, I think. Yes, they were. The Bob- that was very confusing. It's still very confusing. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, it is. It is a hundred percent. All Brian. right. Well, we. We will start this game over, and we go to Cooper as our next contestant. Cooper, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Your local Amazon driver here. Oh, Halo. No. Oh. Thank you, Cooper. Thank you for your service. Thanks for all your hard work. Yeah. all that stuff around. My wife thanks you. She question. gets something every day, practically. <laughs> it's unbelievable. The Miracle on Ice featured... Team USA upsetting what team? Uh, Russia. Russia. Very good. Nice work. Yesterday was Question the uh, anniversary of yes, that, it was. Uh, by yes, the way. Yes, it was. Yeah. Greg Maddox won four straight Cy Young Awards, three with the Braves, and his other, and his other with what team? Oh, man. I can't even imagine him. Oh, Cubs. Cubs. Wow. Nice. Hold it up. You're a good player if you can get that one. Way to go. Nice. Here we go. All Question right. number three. For all the marbles. What San Diego Padre was the first to collect 1,000 hits with the organization? I'll just have to guess Tony Gwynn. I'm going to try Tony. Stay there, Cooper. Yeah, these are tough for me. 1,000 first Padre with 1,000 hits. Correct. First Padre. Uh, the only guess I have is Dave Winfield. I, I think he was first, but I don't know. Ah. Sorry, the game continues. Sorry, Cooper. Cooper. Thank you for being our Amazon driver. You were there, man. (laughs) Thank you for being our Amazon driver. No, you know I've read about. You're so disappointed. Dave Winfield was a kind of a superstar player, so it's not like I'm not disappointed. You got it right. Possible. I'm just disappointed that that (laughs) disappointed you'll be doing these questions. (laughs) Let's go to the next contestant. I believe it's David. David, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello, David. Hey, David. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I finally got through. I've been trying and trying and trying. So you're a first-time player? Um, today, I'm a first-time player. Okay. Hey, first-time um, player! <laughs> All right, you go. Sorry, you hold on, hold on, hold on. Can, can, I, can I share a quick uh, quick Tony Gwynn stat I saw the other day? We'd like to uh, hear it. You guys were just mentioning, you were just mentioning uh, Pete Rose. And I saw a thing that said, 
if Pete Rose came back, I saw this, yeah, and went seven fifty for seven fifty, he would still have a lower lifetime batting average than your dad. <laughs> That's crazy. That's that is crazy. crazy. That is so really, he could like basically bat a thousand for two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More than two and years, he still wouldn't catch your dad. Still would come up short. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah I, I like that one. Uh, that's one of that's one of my favorites. That one goes along with the. I think he'd go go for over his next a thousand plus at bats and still be still like be hitting three hundred. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, right. there was another one where he uh, only eighty five times in his lifetime did he go over two, and in those eighty five at bats he hit like two seventy five, which is eleven points over the major league average or something like that. I hadn't so seen that one. Him that's in a good 0-2 one. Hole, he was still. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great hitter that's with two strikes. Yeah. All right, David. Yeah. Here we go. Let's get to let's get to the second question. All right. How far away is the pitching rubber from home plate? Ninety feet. Say it again. I'm gonna ask it one more time. How far is the pitching rubber? <laughs> okay. Oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 60 feet. 60, 60, 60. <laughs> I, I, I really appreciate David, so. 60. It's actually not 60. That's it's not, not 60, it's though. It's actually not That's 60. Not I'm sorry, to I got to give him a buzzer. Chris? It's famously 60 feet and 6 inches, so I'm going to have to call you sorry, out on that David. one, David. Sorry, you gave buddy. us some great stats, though. But those stats were fun, man. Thank you. Yeah. Very good. Uh, all right. We're going to have to go to a tiebreaker. Oh, come on. I just don't have enough, Chris. He doesn't have any more questions. I just don't have enough. Sorry, I have a, I have a, I have a uh, You have a player? player. Yes. Okay, who is it? Uh, we're going to go with uh, former Boston Celtic champion. Tony will be happy to hear this name. M.L. Carr. What? Oh, yeah. M.L. Remember him, Tony? <laughs> yes, I remember M.L. Carr. Waving the towel around on the bench. but He, was he might have been the player. most annoying Celtics player in the history of Celtic play. <laughs> he was pretty annoying to Lakers he, fans. His nickname is Lunchbox. But M.L. Carr was not a bad little player in the NBA. He wasn't. All he right. was not a bad player at all. Waving the towel around. He played a for a team called SSL. What is that? SSL. In the, N- in the NBA? ABA. Oh, in the ABA. Oh, Spirits oh. of St. Louis. Spirits of St. Louis. He was on the Spirits of St. Louis, yeah. They, he could they play, a, man. He was just annoying. He could play. Yeah, he, he was, could, was kind of like Pat Patrick Beverly back in the day. Yeah, well, yeah. He was on yeah. your team. You loved him. What was he known for? 100%. What was he known for? Waving his towel around no, and crying uh, well, on the bench. On the I think the lunch. I think the lunchbox thing comes like you're going, he, he's coming to work. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah, ML so Carr he brings the lunchbox. Yeah. All right, ML Carr. Um, Tony, which what, which person do you want to bring on? How about uh, how about Toby? Toby. Toby. Hey, how you doing? Good, Hi, Toby. Hey, Toby. Toby, you familiar with the tiebreaker? I am. All right. All right. All right Let's get to, to go. it. So I got the ML Carr stats up right here, uh, and I'm going to go with the total rebound category, Chris. Total rebounds in his career? In his career, how, many, how many rebounds years did he, he have? play? You he played, uh, including the ABA, he played six, uh, ten. Ten seasons. Ten seasons in the NBA. How many rebounds would ML Carr get? Let's say if he got five a game for 80 games, it would be 400 a year over ten years. 4,000 career rebounds. 4,000 career rebounds. Uh, Toby, is the actual answer higher or lower? I'm going to go higher. More than 4,000 career rebounds, he says. Oh, 
sorry, didn't Toby. Make it. How many Three, did he have? 3,054. Oh, wow. All right. So, I'm sorry about right, that, well, Toby. Let's go to our next contestant. Let's go with uh, Sean. Sean. Oh, what just happened? Did Sean drop? I don't know. I went to go click him, and he wasn't, wasn't there. Oh, let's go with Brandon then. Okay, well, let's go to yeah, Brandon. Yeah, we can sorry, just go Sean. to Brandon. I don't know what happened. I didn't do it, I promise. No, he's going to Brandon. Why are you doing, Brandon? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm well. Are you are you familiar with the tiebreaker? Yeah, Chris gives a stat, and you basically guess over under. You That's do. Right. Yeah, yeah, go. very good. All right. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean. I, I don't know. Do I know what you mean? I'm yes, just kidding, do, Brandon. Scrabby. I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to cause problems. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to See, cause Brandon, problems. this is what we go through all day, every day. All right, Chris. So you're only you're only <laughs> privy to it for a moment in time. All right, Chris. How many points did uh, ML Mr. Lunchbox have in his career? How many points did he have? Yeah. Well, I'll say twice as many as he had rebounds. So it was 3,054. I'll say 6,000. Ooh, I'll go... Six thousand six hundred and sixty-six. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. Well, there is a zero in there, so we're good. But uh, Brandon, yeah. is the actual answer higher or lower? I'll go lower. Lower. Oh. Lower. Oh, I would have got it wrong too. Um, six thousand seven hundred and fifty-nine. Oh, so wow. you were kind of close. I only missed it by hundred. So that was really oh, close. close. All right, all right, Scraby, you're gonna oh, have wait, to pick Sean's the contestant because I don't Sean's have any more. Sean's back. Oh, Sean's back. Sean, Let's bring on I'm Sean. Glad you're back, Sean, Sean, welcome to the show. Happy Friday, Junior guys. Happy Friday, Junior. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> all right, Sean. He, uh, I know you've played the tiebreaker, or at least heard it before. So, Chris, how many? How many turnovers did ML Turnovers? Carr? My God. <laughs> I'm just trying to end the game. Yes, I know, but you're... That asking about turnovers. You're not trying you're to that? stump me. You're trying to... You okay, know. fine. How many threes did he make in his career? How many threes did he make in his career? Oh, yeah, he made 200. He made 200 threes in his career. He was a forward, a power career. forward. I don't think he shot that many threes. All right, Sean. Actual answer, higher or lower? Lower. 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 You... Yay! Hooray! We got a winner. Sean, stay oh, there. Right. Way to put an end to the uh, The actual Sean. answer was 42. <laughs> Only 42. So, yeah. see, I wasn't wow. even close on He didn't that. make one for the for three straight years. <laughs> he you didn't even take one. one. He didn't. Cause, well, yeah, they didn't have that in the NBA in those years. Oh, but the ABA did because in the right, ABA, so the he, ABA had, ah. he had three-pointers. Then he came to the NBA, and they didn't adopt the three-pointer for a while. Gotcha. Very okay. ML car, though. Good. Yeah. How good about that? Career. Another another league outside of the major league coming up with good ideas. Yeah, oh yeah. No, the ABA was the one that came up with the three-point shot. Absolutely. NBA was staunch against it for years and years and years. The other thing that the ABA had was the uh, old red, white, and blue basketball, which the NBA still has oh, not yes, uh, come did. around to. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> they may never come around to that. But I remember as a kid, Tony, getting a red, white, and blue basketball, and I thought that was much cooler than the NBA model. Yeah, my Much dad didn't give me an ABA ball. You never got an ABA I mean, ball. Were, uh, they, All right, let's they have weren't this conversation the on the other side of the break, please. <laughs> Morgan and Chris on the way. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. Chrisello, Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palace studio. Still not fighting it out yet. No fisticuffs underway. 
As of now, still an hour and a half left in the program. Stay tuned. Tony Gwynn Jr. playing, trying to play Peacemaker from Peoria, Arizona. Not easy to do all the way over there. A couple of quick notes. Women's college basketball, which I like to talk about in this show from time to time. USD has a game tonight against 18th-ranked Gonzaga. You can get on out to the Jenny Craig Pavilion and see that ball game. Top-ranked South Carolina still hasn't lost this year, but they are trailing in the second quarter tonight at Tennessee, 21-15. to And a final score just came in. Uh, no, it's not a final score. I beg your pardon. They're going to a second overtime. Stanford and Colorado tied at 60. Women's college basketball, to me, Tony, is getting better and better. I... You know, obviously I do the Aztec women's games, and i just really impressed with these young ladies and how well they play. And the yeah. game is getting more and more enjoyable to watch I, because the talent level of these kids is just going through the roof. I mean, these these women's players can flat out play now. Yeah, no, I, I think we're starting to see that at all levels now, right? I, I think. Um, and that's how you know the game is starting to change a little bit because I think you started to see it at the WNBA level, right, uh, how talented the women are playing that. But now down effect is starting to happen um, at all levels, yeah. high school included. And it's much more, uh, much, much there's many more uh, on, on sets of teams, which I think you're right, makes it uh, an enjoyable game to watch and um, uh I think in the same way we've been talking to, uh, you know, the last couple of weeks that we were there and we got the chance to do the high school games. And one of the things we heard from the high school coaches is the programs, the summer programs, the fundamentals, all those things are being taught at such a high level. I think that also pertains to the women playing. So No question. Um, that's, I, I agree. It's, it's, a, it's a fun game to watch. Everybody who I know who's been to a WNBA game, Say they enjoy it. Everybody who uh, people I've talked to who've gone to see our Aztecs women play this year has said it's been enjoyable. So I, I, I agree with you. Much more fun to watch. Uh, by the way, Padres, uh, you know, get their uh, season officially underway. Everybody's catching Padre fever, Tony. Don't know if you heard about this. Our friends at Legoland have put together a Lego Lego Petco Park. And I guess it's uh, it's quite the uh, popular attraction up at Legoland in Carlsbad. So they also, next they have one there. in um, at Petco Park too. Oh, they they did a well, Lego. At, Petco the video Park. that I saw was them building oh, maybe it that's at what, Petco maybe Park. Maybe I misread it. Maybe it's only at Petco Park. But it, it looks great. I mean, all those Lego things are always awesome. How they put those things together is uh, uh, you've got a lot more patience than I do. People there at Legoland, that's for sure. I would put like two pieces together and I'd be, I'm, I'm good. You know, when I first stopped drinking, I needed something to fill my time. <laughs> Legos, and, and so Legos I did. Was it? I did Legos, and I built like an X-wing, which was sweet. I built that's like, awesome. I built like I bought a lot. There is a piece of me that if I had the time, I would want to do one of those like, like life-size oh, type. Oh yeah. That seems like I mean it seems like it would take forever, but it seems like a ton of fun. Like once you get close to the end product and you can kind of see it, oh, your your fingers hurt. Let me tell you, because if you put the wrong, you put them on the wrong spot, you're gonna How try to like, possibly, dig them off. What, what do you want to make a life size? What Tony? I don't know. Like a I've seen I've seen like a I've seen like a Lamborghini done in Lo, Legos before. Like something like a car, like a life size a, Lamborghini. 
I've seen wow. that too. I mean, I don't know. With all the time and effort and money that would take, I think you'd just go out and buy a Lamborghini and bring nah, that. Nah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to cost that. I don't much. know if you're going to be able to afford that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Legos aren't very cheap either. So. Legos aren't cheap. Are Legos not cheap? Oh, they're not cheap. That X-Wing, I think, cost me over 100 bucks. A hundred bucks. Oh, I, yeah, I think Over. I can swing a hundred. Well, I think, I think I can swing a hundred bucks. A little more compared. expensive than that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the Lamborghini I think is going to be in the thousands. A life-size yeah, no. Lamborghini. Kit. <laughs> I want to stay in the hundreds. I, I want to do one I of those think that's projects. That's a goal for you, Tony Gwynn Jr. Between now and the end of this calendar year, you and the kids and family, when you're home from uh, road trips, work on your life-size Lego Lamborghini. Yeah, Why not? I'm sure my I'm sure my teenage daughters would love. Don't think to they'd get into spend their time much. working on a life size no. vehicle out of Lego. Everybody's <laughs> everybody's getting Padre fever, including Lego, the Petco Park model at the real Petco Park. So uh, you can see that next time you're out at the ball game. And of course, the first spring training game will be on tomorrow afternoon from Peoria at noon. Jesse Agler, Tony Gwynn Jr., and they'll have the call of Padres and Mariners, and God, it's going to be unbelievable to just listen and hear the sights and sounds of baseball, and uh, especially this season, 2023. All right, quick timeout when we come back. Scraby, hello, Big Five on its way. 437 on the clock, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby, winning Chris. Listen to 97.3 The Fan on the Odyssey app for your chance to win a pair of tickets. Wow, what is this? Depeche? Uh Oh, no. We have another person who doesn't know this band. I know the band. It's called Depeche Mode. Oh, that's right. You just didn't didn't know any songs that they had done. Did we just hear Depeche? Depeche. (laughs) Yeah, that's right up there with uh, Uventus, I believe. I think that is. That's right in the Uventus category. Yes, it is. Gotta tell you. What is this? uh, Depeche? Depeche? (laughs) Just got our promo. Yeah, we got a promo for a while there. <laughs> Give it to me, dude. How you De- say it? Depeche. Depeche mode. Depeche. Yeah, like Depeche yeah, mode. Depeche. Depeche mode. Anyway, Depeche mode will be playing at Pachango Arena uh, December 6th. Every hour you listen now equals one entry in the contest. Depeche mode. Excuse Depeche, me. yeah. That's them. Depeche, huh? Yeah, not to Peche. Not to Peche. Is there any chance we won't have that as a promo? No. It sounds like promo material. (laughs) Yeah, I thought about it for a second. Let's 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 get to uh, some traffic, and we'll get to this big five. It's that time of the show when we check on the latest in sports. Only the most important topics and questions are brought to light. Stop what you're doing and listen. These news stories will astound and amaze you. The one, the only. Oh my God, who the hell cares? The Big Five starts now on 97.3 The Fan. All right, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. We're going to talk about Will Myers here in just a second. Uh, Umpires are being asked to do something else. I'll tell you what they're being asked to do. Also, Dominique Wilkins not happy with J.J. Reddick for something he said. And we'll hear from Dominique. Dominique Wilkins upset. Yes, he's he's upset. Always good to hear from Dominique. Uh, And uh, we're going to talk about Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons. 
So we'll do that. So that one actually is number two if you're waiting around for that hot topic. But here's number five. Number five. Former Padre Will Myers. It's still kind of weird to say it's a former Padre, but it's true. He's going to be with the Cincinnati Reds this season, and he has some very lofty goals for himself. He said he wants to try and get to 30 home runs this season. Uh, He said, quote, I still think there is more in me and in my career and in what I can do. He is 32. He has 153 homers, 105 stolen bases in his 10-year career, and obviously he played the last eight with the Padres, so he's in a new place now. Great American Ballpark is a great place to hit, and some think it's not too far-fetched he hits 30 home runs this year. So, Tony, assume that Will Myers plays a full season. How many homers do you think he will hit? 23. 23, okay. That's not little. It's not a lot. I guess that is a lot. No. Chris? I'll go under. Under 30? Under 23. Oh, what do you think he's going to hit? Uh, under 23. He's uh, what been number? under can that for like six years in a row. <laughs> can you give me a number, sir? Okay, 19. There you go. The other thing is, is the stolen base has gone completely away from Will Myers. I mean, it's a guy who stole 28 bases one year, his all-star season with the Padres in 2016. Stole a grand total of two last year. He only attempted three. So, Will Myers is going to have to pick, yeah. it, pick it up if he's going to get 15 steals this year. Yeah, he had that knee issue yet last year, last couple of years. So yeah. his knee is going to have to get better in order for any of that to happen. Right. I know he's still relatively young though. But I, Thirty-two. I'm, I'm rooting for Will to do well. It's, me too. If he yeah, does well, it will have no effect negatively on the Padres because that's I don't think the Reds are going to be a team that pushes the Padres for any postseason <laughs> playing time. I don't think so either. But no. you never know. You never know. That's true. Number four. All right, we knew we know all about the new rule changes in baseball coming this year. Well, friend of the show, Matt Snyder, wrote today, umpires are going to be asked to do more. According to Matt, umpires' inspections of pitchers' hands and fingers, which began last season, are going to be more thorough than the often uh, perfunctory, that's what he said, inspections that umpires performed last year. So basically all this is, they're going to step up looking for sticky stuff on pitchers. Um Matt also writes, those inspections would also be more random as opposed to last season when inspections of starting pitchers were generally performed after the same inning every game. Uh, Going forward, umpires also could resume checking the pitchers' caps, gloves, and belts. They did that in 2021, but they did not do it in 2022 in favor of a more streamlined inspection. But they're going to go back to it, or they could go back to it. And more, most significantly, according to Matt Snyder, umpires would be umpires would be empowered to be more aggressive about inspecting pitchers than in the past. So I think I, I feel like they're trying to just put the umpires in harm's way. But Chris, are umpires with the new rule changes looking for more sticky stuff? Are they being asked to do too much? I don't know if they're being asked to be do too much, but I wonder why baseball would want them to do more. It seems to me to me that the more closely they look at pitchers and the more they the more they search pitchers the more it brings up the idea that pitchers must be still cheating i mean i kind of it, it to me in my mind it all went away right they they started looking at them a couple of years ago by last year they it was kind of a just a non-issue and in my mind it was a non-issue like play, pitchers know that they're that they just can't get away with cheating anymore so they're not cheating but if they're gonna if they're stepping it up, that leads me to believe that they think pitchers are still trying to get away with it. So 
I think it's not having the desired impact. No, but we all know what happened with Joe Musgrove in the playoffs and how embarrassing that was for Buck Showalter, in my opinion. I thought opinion. it was. I thought uh, it was. Tony, do you think umpires are being asked to do too much? No. They're being asked to do is the least amount umpires have ever been asked to do at this point. <laughs> really? Pretty soon. During, I, think about it. The strike zone is about oh. to change. They already don't have They got a clock there to help them make the pitcher speed up. He just calls a ball a strike now. Um, I, I I think over time, this will be like the one of the most the one of the things they have to do at this point. And you know, I think. Listen, the reality is, um, that pitchers are always hit players in general are always going to try to find an edge. And I think it's a good idea to have them check. I don't think the umpires are asked to do a lot anymore, right? You 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 already have instant replay that can get the calls right for them. Uh, we just mentioned the what was it? What was it called? ABS that's on the way. Um, I really wish they would change. That I think because I think analog I think break this, system every time. <laughs> break system. He would. I think that. I think that though. The reality is, you started to hear little grumblings a little bit last year about maybe sticky stuff coming back into play. And so, listen, if we want the game to. To be, you know, as close to clean as we can, then you're going to have to do it. Because what we do know is that the sticky stuff had a tremendous effect in the effectiveness of pitchers. Mm. And so, um, I think it's I think you, I don't I think it's a not a whole lot to ask for these random checks just to keep the players honest. All right. I mean, the players are already very angry, so the umpires are going to have to lay down the law even. They'll more. get over it. We'll probably see a couple tensor tantrums where somebody's <laughs> taking their pants off again, but you know they'll they'll move past it and they'll they'll get over it. Number three. Uh, number three is about Dominique Wilkins. So Dominique Wilkins was on Sirius XM NBA Radio, and JJ Redick. You know I'm just going to let the host set this up. So Dominique Wilkins is going to be the second voice you hear. First voice is uh, the host of the show, and here is what the argument is all about. Speaking of the physicality, there was a debate on ESPN with a former player in J.J. Redick just recently, and they were debating Bird and Curry. And one of the things they said is like, it's it, that Redick said is that Curry has faced more physicality. We called him out on. Let me that. say something. Yeah. First of all, Redick don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna Curry. say it. Right? I agree. He don't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm like, what basketball was you watching? To say something as idiotic as that is ridiculous. The physicality that was a part of the league. Hey, look, when you can put your hand on a guy's hip and make him go a certain way, if you can put that elbow in his chest to slow him up, which we call slowing a guy up when you're coming down the lane, so many guys can deal with that type of pressure. And for J.J. Redick, who played this game, I'm very disappointed that he has said something so stupid. Uh, Dominique Wilkins obviously not pulling punches right there. This How do you really feel, bad, Dominique? Said he called him stupid. I mean, Chris Ello? No, he didn't call him Dominique stupid. Dominique for a second? He didn't call him stupid. Wait a minute. Another classic that was moment a classic of Scraby comedy <laughs> that- falling completely flat. <laughs> well, no, no. It, wasn't, it didn't fall flat. <laughs> Tens of people out, out there are laughing. No, they're not. Um, so, uh, who's up first here? It's going to be Tony. Tony, here's my question, because we've talked about this before on the show, and I don't really care anymore, personally, about th- this debate. So, when do you think this debate will end? 
I mean, as long as people can't be honest about it, it's going to continue to go on, especially between the old guard and the new guard. Here's the reality. The rule, the, the, just by saying that it was a more physical game back in the day does not mean that it's not a physical game now. It just means it was more, more things were allowed back then that made it more physical. It doesn't mean that the other generation was tougher. It just means that they played a game at a more physical rate or a more physical pace because the rules allowed it. That is a fact. Now, does that mean that Steph Curry doesn't face any physicality when he goes into the lane and has to get bodied up? No, but he doesn't face as much physicality as the guys before him. And I think, you know, I think J.J. Redick is, is a very good analyst, and I, and I love listening to him. But I also think he is jaded by all of the talk that used to go on that these guys are soft. Uh, and, you know, and I think... I think he he has swung the pendulum to the to the opposite side where now he's saying things like Steph Curry faced more physicality than who who did he, who just uh, who was the other guy he was compared to Steph Curry uh I don't remember honestly I don't remember either Chris I I, I just <laughs> Oh Larry Bird Larry yes, Bird Yes so yes yeah Larry Bird yeah, faced maybe, more maybe. physicality but Tony's right that doesn't mean it's not physical now so it's one of these ones tony likes to say this and i i've kind of tried to adopt it that both things can be right uh they can face physical play now which is what jj reddick is saying and they probably faced a lot more physical play then which is what dominique was trying to say while he was being routinely critical of jj reddick so (laughs) there you go uh, you know, Dominique. I think you know Dominique also got a few free passes down the lane to perform some of those unbelievable Wind highlight mill. reel dunks. He wasn't getting knocked over by the likes of Bill Lambeer when he was pulling some of those off. Uh, you know, Dominique could jump over anybody. This guy, uh, yeah, he wasn't exactly known as a physical player, is what I'm saying. He was more known as a highlight reel athlete. That was his nickname, right? Above, uh, beyond peril. Yeah, the human highlight. That's a pretty real. good nickname, by the way. Not that bad. Is a pretty well, he, by the he way, backed it up. The eighties, the seventies and eighties was the era of good nicknames. I just I <laughs> much better I than mean, now. Like magic, like who comes like that's ridiculous. That's the perfect. nickname. I think it was that like is. a high school kid came up. Air with Jordan. Magic Johnson. That, like, so, that's like a ridiculous. I mean, come on, you, they, you guys had it in eighties, seventies, eighties. You guys did that. <laughs> who are you talking to, me? <laughs> well, I consider you a part of that group. Thank you. You're the only one alive in the 70s all on right, show. All right, so. <laughs> all right. All right, uh, You want to know how I know I'm old? Is that J.J. Redick has already had a 15-year career in the NBA, and he's retired. I cannot believe that. That's insane yeah. to me. It really is. Number two. Uh, if I were to tell you four or five years ago, former Sixer and number one overall pick Markel Fultz would turn out to be a better player than former Sixers number one pick Ben Simmons, you would have probably punched me in the face and laughed me out of the room. Now, I would have definitely laughed you out of the room. I was going to say, and probably be extremely rude about it is what I wrote, so I needed to fit that in there. But as we sit now, I was reading an article today. That statement seems to be true. Markel Fultz has figured it, figured out how his game works in the NBA, while Ben Simmons is going the complete opposite way. Orlando re-signed him to another deal, so they're obviously seeing some promise there. Ben Simmons is making $35 million. Um, and so... 
I would want to ask you guys this. I've already asked you guys about Ben Simmons. I've already asked you guys about Markel Fultz. I've already asked you how long until we consider someone a bust. So, um, Chris, which is the hardest sport, you think, to be the number one overall draft pick in? Hmm. Well, NBA is not easy, especially when you're 19 years old, which Markel Fultz was. 19 years old, coming into the league. Yeah. You know, Kobe used to talk about it, uh, how isolating that was as a guy, you know, who was 18 years old and going on the road and pretty much having to go back to his room yeah. while everybody else went out for the evening because he wasn't old enough to join them. Um, so I think we find out it's a lot more difficult than you think. So the NBA certainly is one of them. Baseball, you get a little bit of a breather because you can go minor leagues and kind of toil in a little bit of anonymity. Um, I, I'm going to go NBA because I think it's difficult for these these you know teenagers to have to play right away, which is what they're expected to do. And Fultz did not pull that off too well, but yeah, he's certainly come around now. Tony, what do you think? Hardest sport to be drafted number one overall in? To be drafted or... Let me see. Okay, which is the hardest sport? Yeah, drafted, number one overall. I feel like, all right. Uh, first, I'll say this. It certainly is a heck of a lot easier for Markel Fultz now at 19 to do it than Kobe at 18 because now the whole league is pretty much 18, 19, 20. <laughs> That's true. Now, whereas Kobe came in the league and it was like real grown men, 30, 31, 32, 28 at the most, right? Second, I'll say this. I think it's baseball. And it's not necessarily to get drafted there, but when you're 18 and you are asked to go, um, especially for the kids in the States, and you are asked to go basically be an adult, right? You play, you work every day. There ain't no ain't no real off days, right? You get like a one, maybe one a week. I think it is now. It even was less than that before. And... You have to also take into account the sport. There's Baseball is so much of a game of failure, and consistently making outs on an everyday basis can magnify and can roll downhill on you real fast. Um, so I'll say baseball. All right. Number one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, everybody, has emerged from his darkness retreat, and now we are waiting on his decision as to where he plays or if he plays in 2023. Tony, you're up first, but, I mean, we've seen this over and over and over with Aaron Rodgers the last couple seasons in the offseason, making everybody wait. Is this just disrespectful to Packers fans at this point? No. No, it's not. Okay, Chris? That's my final answer. Okay. Chris, I know you got something going on over there. Um, You know, I'm not going to keep the guy from doing what he likes to do. Uh, he had 300 square feet of space. I there think this a sounds clean great. Bed, a bathroom. I think it sounds great. A meditation mat on the floor. No clocks. Powered, so at any point he could have turned the lights on had he wanted to. Yeah. Guys, just living the life. So living if you were a Packers life. fan, you wouldn't be. I, I can guarantee I that's you. That's not what you asked. That's not what you asked. But he's done enough for me as a Packer fan to warrant doing what he would like to do in the offseason. For the record, I would like everyone to know how fast both of them shot me down with, that's what we got! More Depeche mode when we get back on 97.3 Defense.